Hi everyone and welcome to the Energy Hall of Fame. This is Krisa. Unfortunately today I will not have my co-hosts with me but I do wish her a very uh, speedy recovery. Madalena, hope you you, uh, get well very very soon. And uh, yeah, today we have prepared yet another very, very exciting keynote episode. And we are mentally, for the, for the time being, traveling to Peru, the land of ceviche, Machu Picchu, but also land of one of the most exciting hydrocarbon opportunities right now. And for us to learn a bit more about these opportunities, we're hosting the general director of Peru Petro, Daniel Hokama. Hello, Daniel, and welcome to the Energy Hall of Fame. So welcome on board, Daniel. Very happy to have you with us. Hello, Grisha. Thank you very much for the invitation and for hosting me. Of course, of course, of course. So you are currently in Lima, I guess. Yes, I am in Lima. Everything is okay. Thank you. I'm very, very glad. So I know we have been in direct communication many times. And again, it's a huge pleasure to to have you and Peru Petro on this uh, platform. So for anyone that has not met you yet or has not been in touch with you yet, can you give us a, a bit more information about your background and your role in, in the company, in the organization? For sure. Thank you for the question. I am a mechanical engineer. Uh, from the Pontificia Universidad Católica of Peru. Uh, I have an MBA in uh, focus on energy from the HEC of Montreal in Canada. Uh, my experience is mostly in energy, not only oil and gas, but also in, in electricity. Okay, I passed for all the, the change of electricity and oil and gas. Electricity, generation, transmission, distribution, commercialization, regulation, and oil and gas the same. Generate uh, producing, exploration, transporting, and distribution. And uh, not only from the technical point of view, but also from the finance and project uh, uh, areas. So that is my background, and I'm 48. And nowadays, uh, I am a general manager of Peru Petro, that is the National Hydrocarbon Agency of Peru. Fantastic. Uh, so you are an all-rounder uh, with tons of experience, and you're leading one of the most important institutions, I wouldn't say only in Peru, I would say uh, in Latin America. So why don't you take us through, um, I know many people are also confused uh, between Peru Petro and Petro Peru. I'm, I'm also guilty as charged uh, uh, I've had a previous experience uh, of that. So why don't you take us through um, Peru Petro, your responsibilities as, as a company and organization and uh, what this entails? Thank you very much for the question, because that is uh, always, always an issue. I receive emails, calls from everybody, a person that just started talking to me about, uh, you know, like 10 minutes. And then after we realize that they are, they are looking for Peru, Petro Peru and not Peru Petro. So, uh, yeah, uh, Peru Petro is, a, is a, a public institution, okay, a state-owned company ruled by the private law in charge of promote, negotiate, subscribe, and supervise oil and gas exploration and production activities in Peru. We represent the, the country 
uh, in the oil and gas sector. We are the owners of the resources. And through a contracts, we uh, give the rights to the company to develop uh, those fields. Uh, in, our, in, in the midterm, the main objective of Peru Petro is to promote new investments, in, especially in natural gas resources, and achieve an oil production of uh, 100,000 barrels per day by 2023, and uh, 1,600 uh, per day in natural gas. Of course, always respecting and taking care of the environment and the communities. Of course, of course, of course. Um, it's very, very uh, interesting uh, what you're saying, and I, I know we're going to expand uh, shortly. So can you talk us through then the, the current exploration regime in Peru? There are people that are, of course, uh, you know, listening to us from all around the world. So I want them to get more familiar uh, with, with what's available. Um, so what's a current exploration regime? And if you can tell me about uh, any acreage that's under exploration uh, at the moment in the country. Okay. Uh, nowadays, we have 12 exploration contracts in force, seven in offshore and five in the on onshore area. We have a transparent contract model in which companies only have to negotiate the minimum work program for each period. Okay. Uh, it's a very flexible uh, contract. Of course, we have uh, some uh, uh, clauses that are uh, relative to especially anti-corruption clause and that type of things that we are trying to, to, to set in our contracts and as non-negotiable, okay? From the exploration point of view, a contract has a seven years for exploration phase with the possibility to reach 10 years. Okay, the total duration of a contract is 30 years for oil and 40 years for natural gas. That term considers the exploration and production phase. It's important to mention that we have available areas in different sedimentary basins, uh, Marañón, Madre de Dios, Talara, Ucayali, and also in the offshore basins. We have uh, approximately 15 bases, and we are only developed like four or five, not more than that. We have a lot of bases unexplored, and that is a, a very good opportunity for investors that are looking for, for, a, for a country with a very flexible and at the same time, very uh, predictable legal framework for investors. You can reach uh, our country through a license and a service contract or a technical evaluation agreement, depending on the potential and information available in the area and the type of risk that you want to, to take in Peru. We are looking for investors interested in natural gas. We think that is our, our more uh, considered resource nowadays. Our country is relying on natural gas as a main energy resource for the next years, along with the new renewable energy projects. But actually, in the northwest of our country, we have areas onshore and offshore that already produce uh, associated gas and oil. And the government is looking and promoting projects in order to generate a demand, especially for that associated gas. 
But in those areas, we have a lot of opportunities for exploration as well. So you have, you can have the mix of uh, an area that is already producing, but just beside there is an exp an, an explore area. So you take advantage of, you know, the cash that you already have in, in a producing area to invest it in, in an area that is or unexplored and with a good opportunities to find a, a resource for the next years. Super. Um, that sounds very, very appealing. So I want to dig a little bit deeper on these investment opportunities, right? Um, let's say that because you're uh, making a call to all international companies that want to, especially the ones that have an expertise in natural gas exploration. So if a company wants to have a better look uh, into Peru, uh, whom should they? How should they go about it? Um, what is the procedure for this? Well, for sure, uh, companies have uh, to make contact with Peru Petro, and because of of the technology, you know, it's 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 very simple. Just send us an email or enter to our website. We have a, an special site for investors, so there you can find all the information that you need the blocks that are available for direct negotiation, companies that already comply with the qualification requirements, and also the most relevant legal framework in Peru. Besides that, we are working very closely with our uh, external relationship uh, ministry of, of Peru. So you can approach to the commercial uh, office in the embassy that you, you have the access to to meet the embassy of Peru in our in your country. So they already have information about uh, uh, the oil and gas sector and the contacts of Peru Petro. So they can give you uh, information about uh, Peru as well. And it is also important to mention that uh, the Data Bank of Peru Petro offers technical information free of cost, which may be downloaded directly from your desk. Okay, you don't need uh, any type of uh, a, a device to get the information. You just have to register, register yourself, and ask for a user and password to get into the data bank. You don't need uh, also to be a, a, a company uh, to get that info. We have all, uh, students or people that are doing research that want to get access to our information, to our data bank, and there is not a, a, an issue for us to give the information. We believe that share the information of our country is going to be, for us, very good for the next years because uh, the more transparent, the more information that we give, the more opportunities that we get in, in our country for investors and not only for investors, but for also for people that want to study our country and generate information from that, uh, uh, you know, a small information that we have and maybe they can add a value to that. I think it's a very interesting model, Daniel. Very interesting model. And we also have uh, agreements with multi-client companies with several information that, well, you know, the, the multi-client business, but we have like uh, nowadays, like five already uh, contract signed with different multi-clients. 
uh, it's mostly in the offshore and some of them onshore, but it is a very interesting way to, to know Peru in, in, from the oil and gas sector as well. That's, that's very, very interesting indeed. I, uh, you sound very open and approachable, uh, digitalization in place, partnerships in place. Um, so it's a good opportunity for anyone that wants to invest from anywhere around the world because you said the, uh, the embassies have already, you know, they're fully aware of, of how they, you know, they can advise companies to navigate. So it all seems uh, to be in place. And uh, then the next question I would have, um, speaking about data and opportunities. So what is there available, again, in terms of uh, opportunities? How can an international service provider um, jump in this opportunity? What is there that they, they can offer to the country? And they can work with you or, or anyone else, right, uh, in Peru? Well, international service providers have opportunities in not only in exploration, but also in the production projects, okay? We have currently 25 contracts in, in production phase. We are looking, of course, for, for, for more contracts, but uh, they also have opportunities in the multi-client agreements uh, where, where specialized companies analyze available information of performing service. So uh, for service providers, you have to reach, maybe we can help you to reach the companies that already have contract with us. And we are focused on fine companies that can, could bring, uh, you know, new technology to our country. Because we believe that we have a lot of resources that we can produce it uh, in a more efficient way. And with new technology, more efficient technology, we can make uh, changes in, in our current contracts in order to reflect that uh, new technology to provide the country for more resources and the company for uh, better benefits. So I think we, we, have a, a, we are very interested in service providers that could bring uh, you know, a, a fresh look, uh, a new technology, for our country in order to develop in a more efficient way our resources. Okay. And uh, if I can switch the question and say, what are you looking as Peru Petro from international investors uh, today? What is the profile? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, we are looking for invest investors with an outstanding reputation in environmental and social behavior. This is very important to us. You know that Peru has a, a offshore opportunities. We have a onshore uh, fields on the coast. We have uh, mountains and we have the jungle. We have three, four, well, three different types of regions and a lot of uh, on offshore opportunities with different type of, of uh, people profiles with different type of uh, um, um, geographic uh, scenes. So it is important for us to have companies with that uh, mindset, you know, uh, environmental and social uh, concern about how we develop the industry. So we also look for investors that can contribute with new technology and aggressive invest investment programs. 
nowadays would be very desirable if uh, if investor could bring companies focus, you know, bring bring companies with them can give uh, value added to our resources, not only to explore and produce, but maybe can bring companies that could have, uh, you know, technology to to give value added to our resources. You are referring to their partner companies, uh, correct? Anyone working with the uh, anyone working the partner companies of the 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 ones doing the exploration? Exactly. Not only just to produce, but also to give value added. Maybe a pet, a, a, a partner that want to develop a petrochemical industry, for for instance, or a, a different type of value added. Also, could could be like a distribution company. A distribution company of natural gas, for instance, that it's interesting to develop the network for natural gas. That type of thing. Is there a, is there such a need for for the network right now to develop such a network? Well, you have uh, to obtain a, a concession. It's not too difficult. Okay, we are very open to investments. We also have special programs to close the gap between the investment that is needed and the demand that has to cover that investment. So we are working on being more a uh, natural gas consumer in all our country. And we know that we cannot do it without the private investors. That's very, very true. And uh, I think this is it's fair to the investors right now you know, with uh, any sort of uh, risk profile country, um, I see a change in, in how governments and, and public organizations, the oil and gas sector, currently face investors. I think this is a healthy uh, way forward, honestly. And uh, speaking about investors, there's something I want to ask you about uh, to talk to us more about uh, Repsol and your uh, recent uh, inter-institutional cooperation agreement um, regarding the environmental monitoring teams. So I don't know a lot about it. Um, and I would like to, to learn from you um, a bit um, further down the line what, what, what's happening or, or you currently, why did this uh, uh, cooperation, what it entails, etc. Would you be so kind to share more details? Sure. Uh, the agreement was signed on... That the last February, okay, in 2021, uh, among Peru Petro, the communities and Repsol, and together we join efforts to promote capacity building activities, which contribute with uh, cooperation, diffusion of of the activities. You know, inform all the people about the activities that are developed in in the field strengthening of governments, governance and training for the protection and care of the environment. The agreement includes the social aspect through the community organization. It's represented by its three participatory surveillance and monitoring teams in order to achieve favor and sustainable social and environmental scenarios for the development of our activities in the area of Camisea, and Lower Urubamba, that is uh, 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 located in Cusco. So we, at the beginning, we train the the communities or or the representative of the communities, and we change every 
time, uh, you know, the people that are participating in the project. Uh, it's not always the same people. We change because we train new people so that the people that is already trained could develop uh, this type of activities in some other con um, sorry, fields or some other project. And actually, as Peru Petro, we want to take this uh, agreement as a seat to develop new agreements with some other companies, just to show that is um, it's true and is uh, you know you can you can show that it's working and that sometimes uh, you know uh, uh, problem I would say uh, between the environmentalists and the people that work in in oil and gas sector is not necessarily true. We believe that we coexist, we can coexist in the same place and we can uh, construct together a win-win situation. And that is the best example of this situation with uh, this inter interinstitutional cooperation agreement. So local content is going to be at the core of uh, any sort of agreement um, you sign moving forward and you want to use this as a template. I find this uh, exceptional and um, I really want to see how it's it's going to unfold. Uh, you need to let me know how people are perceiving it. I'm, I'm very keen to learn more about this uh, uh, maybe in a few months time um, if you want. It's, it's very interesting. Really good job. Yeah, we are very, very proud of it. And but most of us, uh, well, we can see the faces of of the people of the community. They are more proud than us because they understand that they have a special work. They are working for the develop of their community, and they are the ones that are going to teach other communities how we can coexist as, uh, you know, oil and gas sector and the development of the community. For us, it is very, very, a very, very important project. But isn't this why we are uh, taking advantage and, and exploring and exploiting our natural resources to, to give back to the communities, to the people uh, and, and fuel um, their future? Um I'll, I'll take you to to the to a question uh, about COVID. So, so where are you right now? Uh, what's your take on you know what's currently happening? Well, not currently for the past year or so. Um, and how has it been for Peru? How has it impacted the the oil and gas industry in in Peru? And then let's talk about this fueling and and empowering the local communities. I would like to hear more. Okay, well, uh, the COVID-19 impact us very, very hard. Uh, our production, production decreased approximately 50%. Okay. In 2019, we were producing approximately 60,000 barrels per day. And due to the COVID and its consequent effect in the price, in some cases, companies stopped their operations or reduced their productions. And uh, we reach like uh, only 15,000 bars per day of production in some days. Okay. Uh, you know, a, a very, very hard impact on us. But fortunately, companies uh, nowadays have restarted operations and production. 
and it's increasing gradually. We are in uh, very close to 35, 30 barrels per day, okay? But mostly because almost uh, our 100% of production in the jungle is, uh, is not producing because the COVID, because uh, the impact that the COVID has had in, in, in the communities and some other issues, we are working to, to restart the operations in the jungle. So with, if we can uh, restart the operation, we can reach maybe 45,000 bars per day. But on the other hand, natural gas has recovered faster, okay? We can say that is, its production is steady and it, it, it's the natural gas uh, had a different behavior. Uh, it's, it's more natural gas recover faster and we have like a, we already reached like a plateau and we are very, very uh, stable in the production of natural gas. So, well, actually, it's also uh, a very universal, uh, it's, it's a trend right now, right? Natural gas. And maybe I can ask your personal opinion here. Um, talking about gas, of course, the first thing that now comes in mind is the energy transition. So I want to ask your personal opinion, your personal take on these in, like energy transition in Peru, in Latin America, and what this really means to you and, uh, and how you, uh, you feel about it and what your thoughts are. Well, um, thank you for that question because uh, uh, can that question give me the opportunity to, ex to explain something that is, is, as you said, is my opinion. Uh, you know that only 20 countries produce closely 80% or 85% of the CO2 of the planet, okay? Peru produce less than 0.01% of that CO2. Okay, we are like an almost nothing. We are a third country, okay? Third world country, okay? And among those 20 countries, from South America, only Brazil are pa is part of those 20 countries. So Peru, Ecuador, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Uruguay, Paraguay, uh, Argentina. So we, we produce, of course, CO2. But uh, especially in, in the case of Peru, we have a lot of resources and we need those resources. I'm talking about oil and gas resources. And we are going to survive uh, from the production of those resources. So as we always said, we need to develop our country. We need water and we need energy and we have plenty of it. So in the case of a transition, we believe that that as a third world country, we need to take care about the balance. Okay, let's move toward the more cleaner energies, but you cannot uh, change from our energy matrix that we have today, like 50% natural gas mostly and 50% uh, um, hydropower energy from the electric electricity sector, for instance, to a 80% renewable 
and 20% uh, natural gas. It's, it's going to be very costly. And we, we are not a country with a lot of money to, that can pay that cost. And the society not have the, the cap capacity to pay that uh, cost as well. So we need to keep balance, okay, move forward move toward a cleaner country, but very, in, it's in no motion maybe, because we need to construct first infrastructure, secondly, you know, be more efficient, not only in the production, but only be more efficient from the demand side. That is a problem that we suffer. I think the planet suffer a lot, a lot with, with this. It's not only focused, you have to be focused on the production, you have to be focused on the demand. We are very inefficient on how we consume energy and, and some other type of uh, uh, resources. We need to be more conscious about how we consume the, the resources of our planet. So in taking that in mind, we as a country, uh, we are focused on develop more natural gas, especially talking about oil and gas sector specifically. We, we need more investors on the natural gas uh, side because we believe that we have more natural gas than maybe oil in our country. So, And it's very sexy right now, natural gas. So it could attract a lot of investment, uh, correct? Yes, and our biggest project in oil and gas is Camisea. And it's, it's 100% natural gas and liquids of natural gas. No oil in Camisea. So that is a very good example on how we can develop our country with uh, this uh, resource that is the transition between, you know, uh, non-renewable and renewable energies. And it's something that everything you're saying, I'm just nodding. You cannot see me, but I'm just nodding like, yes, true. And and I feel like sometimes people don't understand where this uh, this power and electricity comes from and, and the cost of it. And they associate that everything that is green is always, you know, 100% green. Um, and uh, as a good friend said uh, very recently in another podcast version that applies here as well, is that, um, you know, we use all these everyday items, you know, um, and not everything can be replaced. Uh, we need plastic for, um, for medical reasons. We need tons of uh, oil and gas byproducts. And, you know, if we don't produce them, if we don't make them, which means hundreds of and thousands of, of, of jobs, we will have to buy them. We will have to import them. And this kind of also puts the country in, in a very difficult position of, of a bigger risk of running out of, uh, uh, of power because of a bad import deal, uh, et cetera. Yes, actually, as I mentioned before, uh, if, you, if, if you want to be green, we are very happy with that. But it's going to be related to a cost. And I always use an example like... A, Okay, you want to eat organic, at least here in Peru. If you want to eat bananas, okay, it's going to cost you like five, uh, $2 for, for seven bananas. But if you want to eat organic bananas, it's going to, to cost you $7 for the same amount of bananas. So 
that dif uh, different in the price is you have to pay for for to be organic. So it's the same to change from uh, oil and gas energy source to a cleaner energy res uh, resource. So we are, we we have to work in how we can move to a cleaner energies, but with balance. That is important. The other part of your question, and we believe that for us as a, as a raw material country, uh, we need to move to, to value added. We need to give value added to our resources. We are working like for several years uh, to, to build a petrochemical industry. We were, you know, we, we has not be able to build that petrochemical industry, we think that, that our country need a lot of pet petrochemical industry. We have a lot of agriculture. So you know that uh, from the petrochemical industry, we, we can have uh, fertilized products. Uh, we need uh, explosive for the mining uh, sector. We, we have a lot of mining as well. And of course, we need uh, a different type of industry from the ethane, so we can produce plastics and everything that you already mentioned. So we are focused on, on, on natural gas because of all kind of benefits. It's not only the, the, the energy matrix, it's also to give value added to our resources. And if we can think to move to electric cars, our uh, well, the oil and gas that we use in our country, 80, 80%, closely 80% is imported, okay? All the oil and gas that we use, we import 80% of it. And 50% of the oil and gas that we use is used in the transport sector. So if we want to change our transport sector to, elect to electric vehicles, we have to have in mind that 50% of our electricity sector depends on natural gas. So it's, it's a chain. It's not going to be easy to change everything. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm smiling and I'm, and I'm nodding uh, as, as you're talking. So um, as we are, you know, um, running out of time and, and, uh, we unfortunately have to uh, kind of uh, close uh, for now. I would like to uh, say that I am so, so much looking forward to, to coming to, to Peru. And I want to see all these opportunities and I want to get the feeling from the, the locals um, and, and see what you have, you know, what you have achieved uh, with Peru Petro and all the partners uh, on the ground. So I uh, and of course it's the food as well. Let me let me be honest, okay? Uh, my favorite cuisine is is Peruvian, as I think <laughs> almost everybody's. Um, I'm very much looking forward to to seeing uh, this industry flourishing in in Peru. I think that it makes a lot of sense, and I think you have put all the you have established the right path uh, to it. If you allow me to say, thank you. Thank you very much, Grisa. Actually, yes, uh, last year and uh, the, this 
part of this year is we were in surviving mode. And yeah, and nowadays we are looking to 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 make you know that that big jump in order to boost our sector, looking for new opportunities because we believe that beside all the the change change that the world is suffering in Peru, investors have a lot of opportunities because as a country we need energy to develop our country and we are looking for investors that are eager to to find resources not only to to uh, make business but also to give energy to this country of course of course of course and uh you know very well that uh we were here to help you with uh with promoting the country as much as possible Uh, I know you guys are doing a great job at Peru Petro and we're here to support you. So I'm very much looking forward to having the opportunity, you know, of the, of the Peru event to see um, what's really out there and, and grasp more content and, and push forward this, this industry that means a lot to, to the country. Um, so, Daniel, it has been a great pleasure. And uh, I think that we, we owe everyone uh, a follow-up on, <laughs> on the podcast, hopefully sometime soon. And in the meantime, uh, it would, I will drop uh, also, I will ask the team to, to drop uh, down an email on the uh, podcast uh, so they can contact you directly. But I think everything that they need to find, they can find it online, right? Yes, all the information that you need is, is online. And of course, you can contact us and we are very pleased to, to, to answer all your questions. Also, it's very important to, to bear in mind that we have uh, fields that are producing not only light oil, but also heavy oil. Uh, light oil in the northwest uh, of the, our country and offshore and heavy oil in the jungle. And there are very good opportunities for investors uh, that have a, the profile to, to light or heavy oil, considering that we have areas and contracts that are reaching their termination. So in the following years could be a very good opportunity to investors that want uh, areas that are already producing beside the fact that we have an export areas as well. You really are. And uh, I wish you all the best and we will uh, speak soon. Okay. Thank you very much and take care. You too. You too.